You think I'm a moron? Hello and welcome to the Video Gamer UK podcast. My name is Chris Bratt and I'm joined by three lovely looking faces today. We've got Every Game's a 6 out of 10 with Steve W. Burns. Apart from the last three that I reviewed before, but I do hate games. Correct. Okay, excellent. Um, his Just Dance technique has very accurately been compared to uh, button mashing in a beat 'em up David Scammell. Uh, you know, I think that's a clever comment. It was a very clever comment. At the same time... My dance moves are immense. Yes, but they weren't the dance moves that Just Dance was asking for. Oh, who cares? Yes, have Me, fun. I care immensely. You won, man. I did win. I find it really difficult to let go of. Although I'm very disappointed. The people at home won't realise this. Mm-hmm. I put my all into the very first dance. Yeah. I said, you know what? It's prick over here. He's Didn't have the dead. camera on. So there I was, take two. Absolutely knackered I was. Sweating from areas I've never sweated before because <laughs> of this prick. Shameful. It's almost like and I planned that in advance. I didn't. I just wanted to practice. And I've seen the video that he's working on now, and it's it's looking. It's disgusting. It's, it's fucking. Pu- it is pure filth. How are you, Jim? I'm all right. You're right. Good. Yeah. Everyone's all right today. That's good. Uh, actually, I'm a little bit down, but yeah. we won't get into it. Why? What's up, what's it's up Jim? Yeah, you know, it's just personal. <laughs> Why would you even say that then? <laughs> Because you make an observation, okay, and I need to, you know, right. make sure that you're aware. Well, I hope you're feeling better. Try and cheer me up a bit. Okay. Thank you. All right. Um, and I would like to dedicate this week's podcast to uh, the Twitter user Clock underscore Punk. Clock Punk. Who uh, got in touch this week to let us know that he won't be listening to our podcast anymore. He was that disappointed with the score that we gave to Sunset Overdrive, and um, he's... He's finding it very difficult to get past that. Clock Punk's one of the sort yeah. of vintage so, I mean, yeah. video gamer originals, and it's a very sad day, actually, Brad, as if only you had respect for people like that. Well, he sounds like a bit of a prick, but, I mean, uh, it's unlikely no, that he's going to listen I'm to sorry. this. No, Brad, don't, don't be mean about it. My thoughts go out to him at this difficult time. <laughs> that sounded sarcastic, but, all right, okay, good. So uh, Brat is really is the only one in here who's quite flippant about it and doesn't give a shit whether you listen or yeah. not. Whereas everyone else is actually heartbroken by anyone who says, oh, no longer. You know what I actually do from time to time is I go back and I read the iTunes reviews of the oh podcast. Because no. right. they're amazing. Some of them are amazing. We should do a special podcast where we print a load off and just read them. That's meta, isn't it? That is... Reading the podcast reviews on the wow, podcast. That sounds oh, hot. That's deep. Video games. Are they nice? Are they nice reviews? Most of them are, which I'm shocked at. But does anyone on iTunes go between a five and a one? Because it, it no. seems to be nah. either one way or the other, doesn't nah. it? Nah, nah. You're a, you're a hater, or you're every a, podcast in the world is loved m- or hated. There's yeah. no like oh, that one's alright. I'd give that a three out of five. If you give a podcast uh, a five star review on iTunes, mm. nobody accuses you of being a shill. It's weird. Yeah, talk of unbalanced <laughs> review scales. The <laughs> iTunes podcast is a. It's a bloody state. How really much is. were you paid for this five-star review? <laughs> shall, we, shall we talk about the thing that we're almost talking about? What? The, what, what, what? the, the elephant pa- in the room, the Sunset Overdrive review. Don't look at me That's while you say That's not the elephant this. in the room. I prefer to give it its uh, European title, mm-hmm. Tony, Tony Hawk's Fetch Quest. Nice. Very good. Which yeah. is, uh, <laughs> you know, I was a bit surprised. One day, was I? I don't even know myself. I obviously don't know anything. No, the response, I actually thought it would get a lot lower scores because, they, you know, it is a game. I thought it would be a lot more divisive than it was. Yeah. So I was expecting very high and very low. Yeah, I mean, not, not at certain outlets because there are some with which the, the game appears that it was made for them. Like, it's like they took every element of that site and went, you know, this is 
like IGN, the game, you know. It's the anti-alien isolation. Yeah, pretty much. And um, should do yeah. the British patch for you, Steve. Oh birds. yeah. I, I honestly, I really was hoping that someone would be that disappointed with the score that they do a, a, a mark on that and do the British patch for Sunset Overdrive, which just gets rid of all the memes and replaces it with terrible British accents. Burns sitting in a barber's chair. Oh man, actually, <laughs> is that a maybe we'll do that. Maybe we'll do that ourselves. But um, yeah, is it? I did say in the review that you know there are elements of it that are absolutely brilliant. People seem to have missed this in their incandescent rage. Oh, there were, there were words with that review? Yeah. Oh, correct. Did you not notice no, this? No, I just went through you, to the number. You don't even have to scroll on ours. You just like look right, and even that is, is an effort. But uh, yeah, I think what, what really kicked people off, I think, especially from Gaff, was that we'd played it. You know, Jim and I had uh, gone over the footage, and they were like, I told you it'd be a mega bomber. I knew it was going to be bad. And then the scores came out and everyone was like, I, I, ah! <laughs> and, you know, I just can't, I can't get past the fact that, and in a lot of reviews, they're like, yeah, well, the missions are terrible. The humor is absolutely atrocious. It feels like you're doing the same thing over and over. Definitely go and buy it. The game is calling you a cunt. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, it's like, oh, <laughs> all right, mate, these missions are shit, aren't they? Should we go and do five hours more? Wait. It doesn't make any sense to me. Why, why bother? Mm. That's not a good game. And funnily enough, I compared it to Blood Dragon yesterday on, on Twitter, and the creative director of Blood Dragon tweeted me, and I was in the bath when I got this tweet, and I was like, <laughs> here we go. That's all right, you know, reasons. here we go. Not and with he, the creative director of Blood Dragon. You were by yourself yeah. in the bath. Well, I wish that I was with the creative director of Blood Dragon. <laughs> no, I was... Uh... Bath Cry 4. <laughs> and, um, yeah, he was actually quite um, a lot more... Maybe level-headed is the wrong phrase. Mm. But you, after what I was saying, he probably would have been within his rights to say you're a fucking twat. However, he did say, yeah, we wanted it to be a bit more satirical. And then, so I was like, oh, all right, well... Cool. Well, the fatal mistake that I made was that I dared to say after your review had gone up that actually I quite enjoyed it personally. Mm-hmm. And then there was all sorts of you wouldn't get mischief. that in edge, mate. You would not get that in edge. That's the thing. I think people forget that we are a group of individuals. Your opinion on certain games would be totally different to my opinion on certain games. Mm-hmm. Just like Bratters enjoys a big piece of shit that oh, no one ever else will play. You know, I mean, Bratters made a career at a champion <laughs> pieces of shit. So you know, but I think people think video gamer thinks this and sort of lumps mm. everyone in mm. as a whole and forgets that actually we're just people like you who play games. But then it's, we just write words Sunset's about it. an irritating game, though, because its core is really, really good. And when you and what one thing I couldn't really understand about the game, and this is why I asked, I was asking around in the office about its kind of early development, doing a bit of research into it. Was it seems like it was a, a cooperative game, uh, which then just became a mainly single player focused game with a little bit of multiplayer in it because your score multiplier. Is it? What's the point in it? Oh yeah, you can do cooler shit. But if the if the enemy encounters are still quite boring, what's the point in having that combo like number? Why not just have you know? And um, but when you play multiplayer, you are with you know between one and seven other people, and you've got to compete both with their score, and you've got to do well to bring up the overall team score. So it's a really interesting dynamic there that seems completely absent from the main game and as such, the multiplayer is a lot more enjoyable. I, yeah, I, I get the impression that when it was first sort of pitched and they were prototyping various systems and that, they had their initial kind of 
this is how you move around the world. You're hanging off the, the things and you're grinding down the rails. And I imagine at that prototype stage, it looked really cool. Mm. But obviously the sort of the extra design that makes up the game wasn't together. Yeah. And maybe they started with the idea because it was a trailer for it, the CG trailer. It did have other players in the world. Like yeah. It looked like a kind of co-op game. Mm. So I imagine maybe that was the idea and then over time they realised maybe we can't deliver on the vision as mm. we once thought we could. And that other sort of mission design maybe came in quite late and wasn't perhaps... It seems as... a, bit, a bit phoned in. And, you know, you kind of just go into a little, a little box yeah. on the map. It's not like you can just keep... You can do loads of cool traversal shit, but you're just fighting the same enemies. The enemies are meant to be, or technically distinct. You've got robots, humans, and monsters. But really, it's just a case of flicking between weapons, you know, on your weapon wheels going, shotgun for this guy, revolver for this guy, and then you're skating and... And also, to clear up one other thing, where other people seem to be thinking that uh, I'm in the wrong about this, uh, I said in the review that sometimes the sound will just cut out, mm. or there'll be no sound, and uh, it's bizarre musical choices for a game which as a, you know, like a score attack or Tony Hawk or Jet Set Radio, a game, will, you'll always want music kind of pushing you to, you know, bigger combos or whatever. And they were like, you obviously don't know how to play it because the music is linked explicitly to your style meter. You, you're obviously just running around. So, you know, I, I managed to debunk that within seconds of watching the raw footage where I'm at zero style and I'm running around on the floor and uh, there's just music blaring and then I'm at style level two and a half and there's no music whatsoever. So that, you know, that's that's what, you know, that's just clearing that up. Yeah, it's, it is weird. I'm a game I played recently, Crypt the Necrodancer. Did you know you guys oh. see that, right? Because when you're doing well, this amazing beat kicks in. And, and like part of the reason that you want to do well is just to keep that music going mm-hmm. as much as anything else. I think Sunset needs a bit of that. People are correct in that the music is kind of tied. Like it, uh, One of the developers online, when I was playing, the multiplayer was saying that the music kind of changes in tempo or maybe arrangement when... When you do more, like, when you go into total overdrive or whatever, Mm -hmm. as you would expect. But it's still really bizarre. And this is my entire problem with the game, is that it's just filled with design decisions that don't make much sense when you actually... When you break out the traversal, and I know why people love the game, because, oh, yeah, I love it's like Jet Set. It's like, yeah, but what are you being asked to do? And does that fit into a cohesive whole? doesn't. Mm -hmm. Like... Oh, go here, kill. And it's got loads of really stupid bugs in it. Like, when you're in a cutscene, it doesn't freeze your character. So if you're jumping on a car and a cutscene starts, you'll just hear the jumping. And if you're sliding <laughs> on a rail and a cutscene starts and you slide out of the mission area, you fail the mission. That's I th- so... I think, I think you and I, I th- for some reason, I don't know, I feel like I had a lot of fun with it. It well, feels like... Well, I mean, all these checks you've guess... been getting, you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean, mate? What, pro Sony I was the other day. <laughs> I finished it. Oh, have you? Right, yeah. Fair um, I think you're right in a lot of regards. Um, I think the mission design is off a lot of the time, but it does have these big moments that are yeah. They, great. The set pieces are really good. Yeah. But that just that to me was like, why isn't there more of this? Yeah. Oh no, totally. But um, and it, I think I'm a sucker for sort of open world games in general and collectibles and shitloads of side quests and oh, stuff God, like that. that. And it's, and it's absolutely. Cool to the brim with that stuff and I just it's weird I was saying this on the the stream that we did yesterday I think the opening 20 minutes I was a bit meh that prologue was a bit weak and then when it introduces you to how the mechanics work properly that next hour is is kind of fun when me and you Chris played it we weren't really 
Yeah, all I, day I've, I've played it since we then. Were, yeah, and I had fun with it. But then it, there's another lull, I think, after that. It, it throws a load of fetch quests at you for a couple of hours, doesn't really introduce any new skills to you. Mm. And then maybe about four or five hours in, you suddenly get the ability to air dash, run on water, wall run, and things like that. And it kind of brings back that initial buzz again. That's how that's mm. what it did to me. And that's also the time when those bigger moments start to really come into mm. you as well. And there's only maybe three or four of them throughout the whole game, which isn't enough. But I don't know. I just enjoyed it a lot more than you did. And I, at the same time, I can totally understand why you didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and the score stuff that you, you were talking about, I never really never really made much difference to me whether I was hitting a combo or not because maybe that's a problem with it. I don't know. It just depends well, on what Insomniacs... It, why is it there then? Why, yeah, no, I mean, totally. why is there a combo number and yeah. not just a meter that fills? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So... But, you know, I'd sort of fail a combo at 50. My style meter wouldn't drop immediately and yeah, I'd just start again just... at one. It would, I wouldn't give a shit about yeah, my combo. Was... And I can understand why you would be like, what's the point of it being there? Mm. But at the same time, I'm like, I really give a shit whether it, yeah. you know what I mean? So it just, that I remember um, thinking I must be missing something. Yeah. Like I must be uh, missing, a, you know, a mechanic that was explained and um, you know, it turns out that it wasn't, but yeah, stuff like, why doesn't the style meter drop completely out? Like, mm. like a special meter does in all these games, you know, and, be, and if it, did, then you wouldn't. Uh, then you feel the pressure of having to continually traverse, and there are, you know, in terms of the movement of the character, some of it is insanely good. Like it's got like inertia to the way you move. Described in the reviewers, like when you bounce on a bouncy castle and you kind of hit the apex of the of the jump, and you're just the right side of in control, and suddenly your arms start going oh shit, and then mm-hmm. you and then you land it, and you have that moment yeah. where you're like fuck, I'm you know back in the air again and when you get hit off of a rail you get that maybe like half a second where you can jump back on and even if you uh, hit the floor you can handspring straight back up really really cool and the way they fit the city together is really good a lot of that that kind of movement around the city I, I kind of feel like I'm just making jumps by the skin of my teeth because mm. it's it's really hard to predict what you're going to do next because you're moving so quickly and you're really kind of concentrating on what's just in front of you. Mm. I, I love it. When you do manage to just land on the next the next rail, you feel mm. really, really good. I do kind of agree, though. In the combat, when you when it seems like the best thing to do is to stay on a rail and go back and forth and just keep shooting, mm. um, at least in the, the first few hours that I've played, it loses that for me. And I think, you know what, maybe if it was more punishing with the style meter, that might have done something. The fact that, like, if you don't, if you aren't constantly getting kills, and if you touch the floor, it completely drops. I could see me being uh, more invested in that and more kind of under pressure. Mm. Well, the multiplayer has. Uh, did you play it, Dave? No, I'm trouble with playing it. The multiplayer has some really interesting uh, kind of modes and mechanics. They've got the floor is lava, one where you start on top of a building that's mm. looking at uh, an underpass, and all of the underpass is covered in lava, apart from traversal equipment like grinds and wall running and stuff. And you have to get into the overpass, retrieve a teddy, a Fizco kind of bear thing, come back, jump back up the building, which is quite difficult in and of itself, and like, you know, uh, capture the flag, as it were. But there are only a certain amount of those teddies in the world. So you've got eight players like running and jumping. And if you touch the lava at any rate, you die and respawn without the, without the flag. And 
it starts to introduce all these really interesting running route mechanics and risk for actual risk versus reward, and much the same as there's one um, multiplayer mode where you have to drop a bomb. You have to pick up a bomb from a hot dog vendor, get to the other end of a highway, drop the bomb, and then get back. It's like a relay race, essentially. But other players are always trying to do it. So you have this kind of strategy where it's like, well, if I know he's already far enough in front of me, when his bomb goes off, it'll respawn. But I can't, you know, but I also need to be getting kills for the team score to go up. And stuff like that. It's like, there's going to be a Sunset Overdrive 2, there will be. And just drop the story and make the game that, but with co-op. Four-player co-op with that sort of thing. And there's your game. You see, you say that, drop the story. And... um it, the humour in that game is is weird. I mean, I think it, it's written for teenagers, that game, and it's written for the internet generation. There are constant mm-hmm. sort of nods to Reddit and NeoGAF and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of the other characters, the sort of quest givers, are so you just hate them. Like the the early sort of jock, not jocks, the, uh, the, preppies. the prep oh. guys. It's like, uh But then later on... I kind of sort of grew to love, not those characters in particular, but the LARPers and the, um, there's another faction later on, when, and I quite enjoyed the cutscenes. The thing that I don't get is that it is, it is this game built for that audience, that sort of core group of internet generation, but at the same time, it's actively taking the piss out of LARPers and comic book fans and people who exist within that audience. It's like you're poking fun at the people that you've designed the game Four, it's almost a, and that's only a smaller subset shit, yeah of no i i had that um well the, when you first rescue one of the preppy guys um the, to stop rebuilding the propeller what is it that he says it, it, it kind of takes the piss out of geeks or something yeah, yeah, yeah. during that that dialogue and i was like what why, there are, it, it carries on it carries on through the game to promote hmm. that kind of shit but in it, game. that is the perfect rep- I, I think the sunset overdrives kind of story and humor is like the perfect distillation of what forum culture is. Yeah. It's like this winking and smirking and, and memeing like and very it. surface orientated point making with nothing really to back it up a lot of the time. No, but and it's, it's so just, aware of that that I don't know. But it's a contrivance. When you, when you say, as you know, the fetch quest thing, uh, they say, oh, you know, oh, don't tell me I've got to do another fetch quest, then you have to do it. That's not satire anyway. No. That's, you know, that's ridiculous. And then later on in the game, uh, you've got to do every faction you meet. You've got to do warm-up missions, essentially. And one of the factions is like I think it's the um, uh, the Castellanos. Is yeah, that that's them. And, and, she, and well, I played as a female. I was going to say my. She says, you know, oh, I'll do a few missions for yeah. you. You'll grow to like me. Blah 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 blah. Yeah, and that it's, yeah, like in in a, another way, if it in completely subverted yeah. that, and she was like, well, no, you can just do you know. You'd be like, a point to oh, it. but then you'd be like, oh yeah, no, now I actually have to go and do that. It's lot is it? It seems like it's you know winking at you and saying we we get this joke, but only in the same way that it's laughing <coughs> at you. And you know, it's like I, I it's think... like going to be like not an abusive boss or something, but it's like you know in TV shows or whatever, it's like Brent and his little sidekick where they're like together, but he's like, no, but you are definitely subordinate, and this is essentially at your expense. Mm. It's a bizarre game. I remember it's when, bizarre. You, when you were playing it, I, I walked in, and you were just like muttering to yourself, and I was like, Steve, everything all right? And you're like, the, the, it realizes it's a game, it just doesn't realize it's a bad game. And I was like, <laughs> that, that seems like a pretty spot on description. Yeah. I mean, everyone went mad, like, obviously, when, uh, when the six came out. I mean, well, everyone went mad before that. Yeah. Uh, oh, your yeah, little they, impressions. 
Yeah, they. Uh, I think also what what people didn't really get is that the impressions were from obviously from the first two hours of the game, but I don't know whether people thought that we were talking over it as we were playing it, but we weren't. So some of the stuff where we're just kind of walking around, that's the first ten minutes of the game, and we're working it out. But obviously, the when you put it together, people are like, but he's just bouncing on a car, <laughs> and he's saying it's it's boring. And it's like, well, obviously, because you got you all the footage you can use is the introductory part of the game. Like, and then towards the end of the video, well, we, we are like anyway, we are like jumping around and skating and you know doing all the cool shit. So I mean, I we weren't the lowest score. I don't think. I think we were you know kind of the joint lowest. But it just, I think anyone that bothered to actually read the review was like, oh yeah, so there are some quite balanced points here. But people just see the score and were like, like what is that? This has not conformed to my expectations of my Xbox One purchase. I oh, yeah, he hates video games, but what about all those eights and nines he gave? Shut up! Shut up! I just found there were lots of little moments where I was like, that's awesome. Like, you can put a nuclear amp onto one of your guns and a, it will choose a bullet at random that will set off like a mini nuclear explosion. And it's just little things like that where you're like, that is cool. It felt like infamous with personality. Mm. And Unfortunately, it's a bad one. Well, maybe. But it, it's kind of... Because it all comes down to the tone. It's going to be very much your... T- it's down to taste, really, isn't it? Rather than... And I, and I understand, like, you have a problem with the mechanics and that, but I think a large part of it will come down to... I don't mind, like, it's not like I'm sitting around listening, you know, don't go home each night and get fucking, you know, watch Frasier for seven hours and be like, <laughs> yes, that is funny. But, you know, <laughs> at the end of the day, like, crass humour and, like, toilet humour and, you know, that sort of humour is fucking brilliant. But It's, it's not got, all crass humour. But it's got to work. You know, it's got the humour, the jokes at your expense, have to work, and a lot of them don't. And at the very end, um, actually, I don't, I'm not sure we can say this. Oh, there's a re- you know, there's a reference to NeoGAF, right? And uh, you know, like, and I it, miss that entirely. As soon as people find out that there's a reference to NeoGAF on GAF, they're like, there's a, that, and it's it's like that. This song's about me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> this is this was written for totally. me, and it's just like, and oh. it, it does. It does feel like that's the point of those that those things being included. The the oh sorry, I was looking at Reddit like it was one of the I read that that one's really <laughs> one badly dialogue. delivered though. But yeah, speaking that, that of badly, badly delivered, delivered, now Dave, you made an interesting point because you played as the female Craig character, and apparently, yeah. and you're not the only one saying this, is that her delivery is so much better than the male voice well, actors. I, I haven't heard the male, so I don't know how it compares. It's bad. Right? Well, no, it's not bad. Like this holds true in every game I've ever played where you get a choice of gender. Um, nine times out of ten, the female voice actor does it better. Mm. She's rich. Don't know why. There are certain is, times but... where I'm like, who? I thought it, at one point it was um, I can't remember her name, the girl that played Ellie in The Last of Us. She sounds a bit like that. Really? At some point, and, and I she does a really good job. I mean, the, there's some lines are off, but the dude sounds almost exactly like Ryan Reynolds in a lot of places. You're like, is that? And I suppose Ryan Reynolds would, or, or to ape his voice or whatever would be the perfect thing because, you know, Van Wilder, you know, mm. he is the ultimate kind of dude, you know, the guy from Blade Trinity, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, I mean, like I said, I reckon there's going to be a Sunset sequel and it will come out and it'll be so much better than the original that people will be like, oh, well, I suppose we'll have to give this one a 15 then, <laughs> you know? And uh, so, 
but it's just for me hamstrung by too many too many fetch quests, mm. too many poor mission design uh, design missions. But you know, I I am gonna keep playing it. I think I, I just I. I I want, I want when, when games are, are divisive, it's always fun just to kind of see where you land on it. I think I'm probably somewhere in between you two, uh, but I have sort of ruined Sunset Overdrive. For you myself at seven or eight? Because I've uh, oh, fuck. fifteen. I was tweaking around with the character creation. Just I was trying to make a character that would loop. I, I tried to make the worst character I could, and I ended up making Nick Frost by accident. Oh, uh, and now it's just Nick Frost in Sunset Overdrive, and it's it. It's completely ruined everything for me. I can't take any of it. <laughs> Seriously, is the wrong word. There but. is a bug, though. Um, is not that sure. it? There's a, there's a few. There, there is a bug. I was changing costumes for my female character, and as it switched costumes, all of her clothes came off. Oh, it only happened once throughout the whole thing. But Xbox record that. Jesus Christ. There's as, also as recorded really, the evidence. There's also a really bad bug which uh, I showed you guys where there's a mission on a boat. <laughs> Brass is holding his hand. <laughs> he had to do a mission. What's the matter, Brass? It's fine. Carry on, Steve. My, my uh, we'll come back to this later, Dave. Uh, yeah, you do a mission on a boat, and obviously um, um, you're meant to stay kind of around the boat. You can't really swim or whatever, so you kind of bounce around the boat because it's towing like bounce platforms or whatever. Uh, if you die, however, the game makes such a big thing about its respawn animations. Well, it has no impact, does it? Die. But almost really cool. all of those respawn animations are based on you coming out of the ground or hitting the ground yeah. or whatever. So when you die in the water, it just keeps on trying to respawn you because it can't... And it took about 20 attempts for it to put me back on the shore. And you're like, hmm. Yeah. But yeah, dying also has no... There's, yeah. Uh, no really... I mean, you lose, um, you know, some of your like, combo stuff and whatever. Yeah, I don't think it... <clears throat> that doesn't even clear your meter, does it? That's just a knock, right? It just, I don't know. I don't know what impact it had at all. I didn't just, notice anything. Well, there you go, you know. And um, I suppose in other games of its, of its ilk, where you have a combo meter or a score attack game, there's always a fear of failure that the game instills in you. Like, you know, if you're playing Resi Mercenaries, you have that kind of 10-second countdown, and that really puts in you, and that drives you to play better, maybe sometimes just out of sheer desperation. Like, when you play Resi Mercenaries, there's always a great moment where someone just throws a grenade with three seconds to go because they can't see any enemies, and it just goes, and suddenly adds five more. And you're like, that's amazing. And I never really never really felt that. I always felt like it was kind of like, no worries, man. If you lose it, just, just get up and, and do it again. Tell you what I didn't enjoy was the sort of... Is it tower defence, is that? Night defence mode. Yeah. Really bad. Wave, yeah, wave survival kind of... It, it's not really tower But really defense, good in the multiplayer. A... Really? Because in the multiplayer, when you, you have three rounds of, um, of kind of normal action before a night defence finale, and you get to choose two maps, mm. and you get uh, one map will give you better rewards but increase your chaos meter, and kind of, you know, the opposite for the other one. So you've got to make a decision. Do you really want to play the map that you love despite the fact you know that you may fail the finale and won't get all the rewards that you could have got? Or do you take the easy route and maybe not play what you want to but then get to finish the game? And when you do the night defense finale, you've got eight players running around putting traps. All these strategies are coming out that, you know... And there's a desperation to that that's not in the game because, the, I mean, there are hordes. And, you know, a lot's been made about 900p and whatever, but... The engine holds up so well. It does a good well. job of covering that up. The so art style well. as well. Of it, mm. You know, technically, it looks very mm. impressive. Oh, yeah. When you, when you first get out of your apartment and look over the city, really impressive. Yeah. Especially as you go, when you do more of the set pieces, you go higher up. 
uh, onto the buildings. And you're like, of course, like, yeah, this is, this is really cool. And you can find the little Fizco uh, mascots that you need to bounce into just by sight. You can just look around. This is what I, could, this is what I spent hours doing. Yeah. I just go around for ages just looking for little balloons. Yeah. So, yeah. In, like, the fact I, that you I, say... Maybe I'm stupid, but... There you but go. that's enjoyable. That's you know that's a lot better use of your time than probably doing the missions. And you say it was divisive, Brad. I think you're absolutely right. And divisive games are usually the sign that there's either something you know there's something really good about them. You know, there's they're not just another bland shooter that you could just give a safe seven and be mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's pretty good. It just does. But there's something about it, and maybe it doesn't fulfill its promise for some. But there's there is still something there. And I think that's pretty much my experience of Sunset Overdrive. Bring on the sequel. I can't wait. Sunset Overdrive 2, four-player. You're his biggest fan. I feel wait, sorry. I, yeah, I, I really don't like the, uh, the original game, but I'm, I'm so hyped for Sunset Overdrive 2. There, <laughs> there you go. Clockpunk would have loved that conversation. He would have, he would have loved it. There was I'm sad that nice he died. Shame, isn't it? What happened to him? Talk. Run out of time. Did he run out of time? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You think terrible. that's funny as well, <laughs> All right, cool. There's Sunset Overdrive. What have other people been playing this week? Jim? I've been watching a lot of Bottom. Yeah? Yeah. Really? Good. Yeah. Which episodes? Gas. Oh, (laughs) Gas Man, Gas Man, Gas Man. Um, Yeah, I just wanted to make the point about Bottom, actually, just because um, I've had a lot of people on Twitter, uh, and I'm sure Steve has as well, after doing that video, um, having a pop at... Uh, uh, being uh, me being too too serious and too old to appreciate uh, you know fun childish comedy. I've yeah. got, got a question here, and actually. I'm just basically like, but I I I'm I'm a massive fan of Rick Mail. Yeah, you know. I think my, anyway. I think most people were upset about um, our video, maybe because of our delivery, and I think that they expected that we would play a game which has quite a poor first two hours. Yeah, and then we would bounce into this room and be like. Let's just deliver this like a musical. Let's yeah, give this yeah. a musical number where we're really upbeat and like, like a oh, but the missions are rubbish. I found that really. But, oh. I found the reaction to that really interesting because some people were saying, "How can they preview a game based on playing it for two hours?" And it's like if you actually have a look at the preview model, how it's worked for about fifty years. <laughs> Sometimes we're shown a five-minute CGI trailer and a list of bullet points, and that's the preview. And so it's like, actually playing a game for two hours is probably the best preview sort of and, material and that, so you you'll ever... I did love the... Two hours? I did love that. How, how can these guys preview a game based on two hours of gameplay? Yeah, exactly. And then within the same breath, how dare they break the terms of the NDA, which I obviously haven't and read. And that's what I didn't understand as well, because a lot of the... Most of the time the community, and I would side with this opinion, think it would be kind of cool not to break an NDA, but to be able to discuss a game without the restrictions that an NDA would typically... Mm. Like, it's unusual what Microsoft has allowed us. They did the same with Forza. There's this new thing where we can talk about a game for two hours just before the review. Mm. Or the first two hours of a game, sorry, just before the review. And, um, and yeah, I find that really quite a cool thing to do. But it's this... Suddenly, sort of overnight, it turned into this how dare you break an NDA type thing. And it was the total opposite reaction. There have been months where people have been going, screw NDAs. NDAs are, you know, ruining the industry. Launch mm. day review embargoes are shit. And then suddenly you put an opinion out, to, well, I don't know how long, a week before the review or whatever, how long it was. And it's, how can you do that? You're breaking an NDA. And it's like, 
what do you want? What are you actually I, well, looking I for? I would like to think that is like, though, a vocal minority. I, I think it's got to be. I, it's it, got, it, yeah. You, I mean, your comments and the, the thing about comments is that they, they are when you actually look at um, statistics. I think Andy Kelly was talking about this a while back. When you actually look at the, the, the stats that go with like the amount of people who comment versus the amount of people who view and like and whatever comments are such a small percentage of the audience most people will not bother their arses to actually sit and type out a response to mm. anything mm. comments um, are, most comments are like the uh, the guys watching football in the pub just shout a load of fucking shat like about his opinion about well he should have buried that yeah he should have he should have buried that it's like everyone's like yeah yeah, yeah maybe he should have done but like if that's all you've got to say about it without being having been in the situation, then you know the problem is so, that I, I I I love the passion that yeah, the, totally. the audience has, but a lot of the time they're so convinced of of how something works or what the rules are, and mm. the but they have no information regarding that whatsoever. And this often yeah. happens that like they'll see they'll read an article that will say something that's totally wrong, and then they'll use that article as evidence that this is how it is you know mm-hmm. and, and often that's not the case so it's weird if people just sort of prepared to go along with it yeah i think i think with the with preview content in particular i think it's it is one of those things that a lot of people that watch previews are oh, ho- hey, hoping that it justifies right. their pre-order or their interest in the game and yeah, that completely so. get that they're already in, they're already involved of course. yeah and I, you know, I jim and i have talked about this before personally but mm. like it's it sucks your negative previews. It absolutely sucks because you're going to be one of the first people to say, "Well, I'm not sure this game is going to be that." You good. don't like doing negative previews. It does because you're those, the, you know, those people that were hoping that it was going to be interesting. You're, you're going to tell them <laughs> that it's not, and they're probably going to disagree with you and be angry at you. Yeah, yeah. And almost shoot the messenger oh, kind of attitude. Um, I think that a lot of um, a lot of forum guys or whatever people who put comments. They they forget that people who play video games, uh, review video games, like probably play more video games than they do. Like, and it, you know, it's not a pissing contest, but they always seem to think that reviewers exist in some ridiculous like ivory tower where they don't actually care about games. They're just like, well, <laughs> I got one. Of you th- opened this podcast saying I hate games. I, yeah, well, I do, but I still really <laughs> love some of them. I got, I got a question. <laughs> but you know, for we the podcast like we can still was... be disappointed by you know. It's not like we have it in for certain games. Like there are games that turn up and that you are bitterly disappointed. You critically, you're like, okay, it doesn't work. But you can also be like, man, that is a disappointment. And you know, I think that it's easy to forget that because you know maybe people are like, oh, will you review so many games or or what have you? And like you say, Dave, like the passion's amazing. Like you wouldn't get it I, in any other industry. No, right? I read like most of the comments that go on to like our reviews, and some of them are are outrageous. They're like, quit your job, your shit, blah blah. And byproduct of that is because people in this industry they want to know that you know, things they're invested in are actually working. So you get that weird kind of, you know, conflict between people. They just will go like, no, it, it's you. You're wrong. Mm, mm. And so, yeah, so like comments are, are so weird in general. And just seeing the flow of NeoGAF or, or when like scores from different publications here, it's like, I told you it's going to be bad. I told you it's awful. Oh no, it's great. It's like, well, oh, when, oh, when it's, a, oh, so, it's great now. And it's so, yeah, it's... Uh, when a marketing man comes in to sort of... Just calm guys, it down a little bit. Yeah. Guys, you know this is the only negative preview that we've seen. Oh, oh everything's <laughs> fine. Yes. <laughs> well, is that happened with Sunset? Someone on behalf of Sunset 
Insomniac's marketing dude went into the thread and said, we've wow. looked at lots of previews, this is the first negative mm. one. Or words to that effect. <laughs> but, you know, not We're not saying you should go over there and leave nasty comments, but I mean, you could do. But yeah, I mean, like I go, on, you know, we're on comment threads all the time in forums and blah, blah blah. And I'm sure some of us are all members of, you know, various forums and stuff. And so, you know, before I got in the industry, I was in those, I was in those comments. I was doing that, but you know, you see it a little differently mm. when you're actually in it. You know, is you can't just be like, oh, I'm madly in love with this game because my pre-order expectations need to be fulfilled. You got to think about it in a slightly different way. But the point I'm making is that we still love fucking video games. You know. Actually, the way I said that was really weird. Like, we still love fucking no, video I, games. I love it. Yeah. Um, not that, but we, we really love video games. We and promise. I, please yeah. believe us. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love games. I'm going to be so positive from now on, Dave. So positive. Yeah? Yeah. Good. Yeah. I'm wait- I can't wait. What's, what's the... It's the rebirth. Actually, the next game that is going to get reviewed is going to be amazing. <laughs> so, we'll say no more. <laughs> Excellent. Jim, what are you playing? Bottom. Nothing. Um, yeah, nothing new. We're all gearing up for uh, for certain big, massive AAA things that are coming out soon, mm-hmm. and uh, preparations are being made to 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 cover those. Uh, in the meantime, I've been uh, I talked about Dreamfall chapters last week, and I said, uh, which I probably should backtrack on actually, because someone quite rightly called me out for it. I said that uh, Dreamfall chapters expects you to have played the previous games quite recently. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, you can probably just go back and play Dreamfall again and then you'll be fine. Um, but uh, I was kind of, a, that's almost disparaging of the first game, Longest Journey, which, you know, sets up the whole universe and uh, a lot of the characters. And, uh, and I was quite rightly told that I was talking shite and people should actually play both games. So in that spirit, I went back and, and started right from the beginning. With a with a, I think it was nineteen ninety nine point and click adventure game, Boom. Uh, which runs in six forty by four eighty. And uh, are you kind of going back to that, that after playing chapters? Because it's almost the wrong way around, right? Like, it, it's a bit weird, but I'm gonna I'm gonna play through them both and, and then and then and then play chapters and see if 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 my impressions of it change any after being sort of you know having the, all the, the whole story fresh mm. in my mind. Because um, there's characters and chapters I've noticed after after looking at, at you know reading up uh, you know uh, on Dreamfall and uh, watching a retrospective that um, Red Thread Games have now published, mm. which to be honest they should have really had done when the game came out, or even before maybe. Yeah, never mind. Um, <laughs> but uh, I noticed, oh shit, there's characters in chapters that aren't new characters; they're from Dreamfall. And I just couldn't remember them. Mm. And this this is half the problem. Like you're supposed to have some kind of emotional, uh, uh, you know, connection to these people on the screen. But if you can't remember ever seeing them, then you don't have that. And you know, obviously, it's designed in a way that you should. Like you should care about the fate of this person, um, not necessarily because you like the character, but because you know th- this person played a part in in the saga. But you can't remember it. So, um, yeah, I've gone back right back to the beginning, and it's fucking. It's like getting yourself back into that um, mindset where uh, you know you're playing a '90s adventure game, and it, it, it it's so '90s as well. Like everything about it is is obtuse, and uh, and it looks for the time it looks great. But let's be honest, in 2014, it looks dog shit. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
great art and great, uh, you know, they did they did really good things with with uh, you know with what they had at the time. But it's 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 difficult to to not look at it and think, fuck, this looks terrible. Mm. And the point I made in the in the preview video where, um, well, the impressions video rather that the uh, the longest journey didn't have the tools at the time to 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 convey a story um, of that kind of emotional magnitude properly. Like you know, it's only now that the technology has caught up with the the vision. If you want to be a wank about it, that really holds true because. Like the longest journey is a really stiff, awkward cartoon, mm. and it's it's difficult to get back into a mindset where that's acceptable, frankly. So, but it's still a brilliant game, and it tells a brilliant story. So, um, I'm about five hours into it. I've just kind of reached the point where uh, the shit hits the fan in the story, and uh, the, the main character discovers that. Uh, everything she knew is fucking wrong. I imagine that's quite an upsetting discovery. It's a good, uh, you know, it's a good bit. It's all the Matrix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little bit, except not. Well, um, no, when you realise real life's not no. real life anymore. Well, that's that's a spoiler, isn't it? For... Oh come on! If you're going to tell me that's a spoiler for, oh my god. There's probably one person. Perhaps were you alive when the this? when the Matrix came out? I certainly was. It's a fantastic film. When you nine? When did it come out? 1999. Then I was nine. Same yes. year as Longest Journey. I, I watched it quite a bit later. I will say, but yeah. as I should have. To I don't think I would have appreciated it at, at nine years of age. Well, your parents should have allowed you to watch it. I mean, that would be thoroughly responsible. You see, my parents are responsible. They are responsible. I've been playing a game like uh, in a similar fashion to you, Jim. And I think it's one that you rather like as well. In a similar fashion to me. Yeah. So a game well, like hunched well, over a desk in a hoodie. Not, not necessarily. <laughs> That sense. I mean, getting prepared for another game that's coming out, or what game's that, Brad? Dragon Age Origins. It's such a bloody fantastic. I don't know if it's still on a a discount, but but the the, the full Dragon Age Origins package was like four bucks. Well, you know they re- they released, released yeah, it for free, didn't they? they? Origin free on Origin in, in an attempt to get people to use. That's gone Origin. now, isn't it? I don't know. Um, uh, don't Origin should have got that. I think. I think. Rubbish. I think a, Origin can link a lot I only have them. Origin installed for the Mass Effect trilogy, and uh, I hate it. I hate having to do Fair that. Enough. Mm. Um, yeah, but going back to Origins, just playing the the opening of that game, it feels yeah. amazingly personal. Like. Um, I, the, the thing I, I like about that introduction is that before you become the hero of the world and like the center of the universe, and, oh, bloody spoilers! Jeez, you know, it, listen, you've ruined the Matrix. I don't want to talk to you anymore. Um, There'll be far less people playing Dragon Age than you're just a fairly normal character that has like, and the, the, there's a world going on outside of that. Like I, I did the the dwarven noble origin story, and you're just a dude that's that's. Uh, like you, you, you're not the heir to the throne. You're like the the second son. You're not even that. You're not even the heir. You're the spare. And exactly. And you've got you're like, the, Prince Harry. You're like uh, Scar in Lion King. Yeah, yeah. I guess so. Um, and there's there's all this kind of dwarven politics going on, and 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 Orzammar, the city that you start out in, feels like there's there's a lot going on there that doesn't really have a huge impact on the rest of the game. It's just if you play that origin story that some people will never touch. It feels like your character. Existed before the fact that they, you know, they realised they're here to stop the demons and the dragons and the the, the bad stuff. Um, and I, mean, I, I love the, the that. great thing about Origins was its world building, mm-hmm. um, and that's one massive reason why Dragon Age Two is such a fucking disappointment because it, it has 
it has no world. Yeah, because you went back. You went from like Dragon Age Origins. You have the entirety of Ferelden, which is this huge region in the yeah, world. Yeah, it feels like um, you're on this massive hero's journey, and it's almost Tolkienian, except you know, like like everything. I mean, to, like Lord of the Rings is a bit of a everything shit, and we're all fucked story. Mm-hmm. But it's it, it's it's a lot more positive, and it's a lot more you know, and it ends in a much sort of happier yeah. way. Dragon Age is just everything's fucked mm, yeah, and well, when you get to the end of dragon age everything's still fucked it's great um is that a spoiler no there's a lot more like game of thrones than uh you know, that's probably the closest touchstone and then when you go to dragon age 2 you you go from this whole world to kirkwall which is a city and a, a region yeah, that you haven't kirkwall, been to before fucking you that's a town really... in orkney and it feels like a town in Orkney because there's fuck all in it. How do they get that wrong, though? Because that seems to me like taking out the thing that made the first game or the previous game really good would be like if EA released a new FIFA game and it just had loads of training modes in it. All it had yeah, was those yeah. warm-up training modes. Didn't someone well, not go, it's, you know what, I th- I what, think what, what are we doing? The, the, the marketing for Dragon Age 2 was a lot easier and looked really impressive because it was like, you know, it's... Look at this guy with a sword doing really cool stuff and casting magical spells. You can't make Dragon Age Origins look that um, that cool, but they did. They lost something there, right? Between during that transition, I, I don't like. It's obviously based all on the same law that the story is still carrying on from Origins, although not directly. There, there are some uh, some cool character moments and some throwbacks to Origins in Dragon mm. Age Two that are kind of almost worth playing it for. And it's not like it's not the worst game ever made or anything like that. But it is when you play Dragon Age Origins, like. The, the game you want after Origins is Dragon Age Origins 2. That's what they should have made. Like, you want something that has the same scope and the same, uh, I mean, just, just the same epic, uh, you know, full, full of all these uh, intrinsic little details. That's the other thing about Origins as well. Um, the broad strokes of Origins are, are like these fantasy tropes that, that yeah, we see it's, everywhere. It's, I was going to say, but, it's worth pointing out. The details are incredible. The actual overall story is completely generic fantasy it's bullshit it's like you know, it's, dwarves, it's the way elves, it's executed and humans, and the dwarves live underground the yeah. elves like to live in forests uh there's some there's an ancient evil coming that you need to stop it you're the hero excellent that's that's a fantasy game but the little details in that like the, when um when i was doing that that origin story for the noble mm-hmm. it's like the tiny little decisions you make when you you meet like a merchant that wants to um yeah, i think i think it's I'm not sure if it's your birthday in, in that story or not. Or it's, there's some kind of celebration for you. I think it's you becoming a commander within the Dwarven forces, actually. And um, yeah, someone yeah. wants to give you a, a, a dagger that they've, they've been working on for years, and it's like their, their prize piece, because if they give it you to you... You want to see Steve's face right now, by the way. Just, they, like, yeah. they, they'll obviously they'll <laughs> reap some benefits from it. And it, in a lot of games, that would seem like a really easy decision. But if you do take it and equip it, mm. it ends up hurting your relations with other characters... Um, because your brother will get jealous. He he's the heir, and he should receive this kind of stuff. No, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those kind of little tiny conversations where you fret over these little decisions make it feel like the the that world does exist outside of just you. Um, whereas I not I think there are really difficult decisions in Dragon Age Two, but they're all within the main storyline, and they're all these very clear moments where it's like, mm-hmm. and now it's the part in the game where you have to decide if you like mages or templars, and. I think Origins just around those moments had. Yeah, Dragon Age 2 is just, you know, brace yourselves, here comes the betrayal. uh, Yeah. That kind of thing. Here's your big moral decision. um, Yeah, yeah. 
And also Drag- Dragon Age 2, um, the, it, 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 the world just felt tiny and it felt smaller, but not, not just in terms of the actual size of the city or anything. It just felt like nothing you did had any really uh, any real impact. Um, and... I don't know, it just felt like, it felt like a side story when it should have been, it shouldn't have been a side mm. story, you know? Um, which is kind of, I'm hoping Inquisition, uh, well, obviously everyone's hoping yeah. Inquisition goes back to the origins model of having important things happen. And well, they're certainly, they're certainly hinting about that in certain aspects, like in the combat, they, they've, they've gone back to having the tactical view and stuff. It oh, looks have they? Like, yeah, it looks like they mm. are talking about, uh, you being sarcastic, nice one. Uh, I, I, it's a bit weird, Braz. <laughs> it's like you already know this though don't you it's like you're playing a role now what it's like almost like you've already played it it's like you're like breaking you're, an NDA yeah I certainly I'm not I'm just I, everyone knows that, that, that tactical view that is something they've been talking about since the very get go which I was going to say shows that they obviously have listened to some of the criticisms Dragon Age 2 have you played it Braz I have played it yes and you're not allowed to talk about certainly it certainly not okay um, so uh, well you've made this really awkward for I me I haven't made it do awkward. you like it <laughs> do I like what Dragon Age, Braz. Inquisition. Uh, Braz, if you don't like it, mm-hmm. then um, then just say some words for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay. okay. <laughs> well, look, right, okay, I want to know. Uh, you've pretty much answered the question already. But <laughs> this is so unprofessional. There you go. You don't like it. What? Succinctly, Braz. Now, I <clears> really <throat> dislike those fantasy tropes. Yeah. I th- you know, when you say shit like, oh, no, the Dwarven, it makes me want to kill the person. Yeah. Because there's just so much of it. Like, oh, and then then there's elves. And it's like, oh, what a load of shit. However, it seems to be, from everything I've heard, that the first game just uses that as a backdrop and as actual real interesting relationships. And the second one, the backdrop comes to the fore and it makes the decisions for you. Now, if Inquisition does that, is it going to be total fucking disaster? Because how many more times are they going to get? How much goodwill are they going to have to get this right again? I think this will... If it if it has the same response as Dragon Age 2, I think it will pretty much kill Dragon Age. It's gonna, this is going to be the make or break game, isn't it? It's um, got to be. Um, and like, I, I actually... Just I do playing, Origins 2. Just do Origins again. As well. That's <laughs> all they need to do. Exactly right. That's what I was going to say. It's, it's, Dragon I Age thought that's what is, they were doing. It's so overshadowed. I, I, don't understand, I don't understand why it's such a fucking problem. Like you made, made, you made been... an amazing fucking fantasy RPG that everyone loved. Mm-hmm. And then forgot the Just re- make the that again. <laughs> You've already done it once. Yep. Life is hard. I thought they'd be making noise to say that they were going back to that sort that's of right, thing. Yeah, that's what I mean. They, right, yeah. They have been, yeah. Right, okay. So it could be and like that. And if they do that, which I don't know if they have or not, just for the purposes of the NDA, then it'll be great. Mm-hmm. If, if not, uh, <laughs> if not, then they fucked it. Exactly. They, they could, Inquisition could be a good game, but if it's not, if it doesn't feel like Origins, that will be enough to upset Jim Trinker, I think. And your good self. Yeah. I just can't. I, don't know. It, I mean, it, 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 I this is a upset. situation where, like, if it, you know, this is it, it, it's a situation where if a game studio literally just does the same fucking thing again, everyone's going to love it and it's going to be a winner. Is it like when Radiohead did a you know a few really like critically acclaimed albums and then they went yeah but now we've gone full wank. Like, actor. <laughs> like, you know, in a lot of like films do that, and you know, people are like. Well, it's not like they haven't done it before. Mass Effect 3 was basically Mass Effect 2 
wasn't it? This time with a worse ending. Here's your guys. Basically, yeah. Go around and find more guys. Mass Effect 3 was a fucking incredible game. I yeah. really liked and it. And it was people, um, people inexplicably will take that entire sort of, I mean, the entire Mass Effect trilogy, that entire, like, I mean, how how long how long does it take to complete the Mass Effect trilogy? A hundred hours? I'd say so, yeah. People take that hundred hour experience and fucking throw it in the trash can because of the last five minutes. Well, if you do that, you're a cunt. <laughs> so, well, my own Mass experience Effect 3 was, was fucking brilliant. I, uh, I tried to get into Mass Effect and just can't do it. Like, the opening of Mass Effect 2 was like... Not, the original Mass Effect feels really dated now. Yeah, but it's still... Yeah, Mass Effect 2, I was like... Mm. You feel really dated. Oh. <laughs> Mass Effect 3 feel old. the only thing I can really remember about it is that I once ate a KFC whilst watching my housemate play it <laughs> and he was running around going pew, 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 interesting pew. thing about Mass Effect is that the, the again talking about the broad strokes of the fantasy sort of tropes and everything Mass Effect Mass Effect story and Dragon Age story exactly the fucking same mm. when you take a step back mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's just the details and the characters and the way you interact with the world and all that. That's that's the difference. I just um, never could it's get window dressing that's different. Yeah, I couldn't get into Mass Effect because maybe the main character looks so much like Jamie Carragher. But you can choose what he looks like. Nah, but on all the ads, there was Jamie like Carragher. It felt like I was supporting Jamie Carragher. Do you Femme Chef all the way. Let's say yet another game with a female Jamie Carragher. <laughs> Where the, uh, you know, where the, uh, well, Jennifer Hill is fucking incredible. That, that is quite interesting, isn't it? For a game that does allow quite, a, a, you know, a detailed character customization, people think of Commander Shepard and they see that one image. Like they well, just he's a male see, model, or, that guy, or, or, isn't or the he? That one bell end, yeah. It's, it's, weird, it's weird, isn't it? Gen- like, Genero, well, actually, he, yeah, like I say, he's a, like a, an internationally famous model. Like, so, you know, he do, he's obviously not a generic looking dude. However, he's he, in video games... He did look. Uh, you know, would, wouldn't you, brothers? Well, I didn't say that. I said he was. So when I think of Shepherd, I think of my just... my Shepherd, who like grew up on the streets, and she's a redhead with a fucking scar, and did she'll gut you. Did you go? Is that the the kind of default femme Shep though? No. All oh, right. Cause, okay. Of course, it fucking was. It was my Shepherd. Well, fair enough. Fair enough. You proved me wrong. All right. <laughs> Anyone got any other video games to talk about? Nah, played a bit of the Evil Within. Yep. It was weird because I was bouncing between the Evil Within and Sunset Overdrive, and I can't think of two games with two distinctly different <laughs> Jesus tones. Christ, <laughs> I don't even know how I'd feel after that. That would be. I just. I was very confused. Crying. I was sitting there at home, like, what is going on in my head? Very confused. Um, it's all right, isn't it? Performs like dog shit playing the PS4 version. Really? I've, yeah. You didn't have those problems? Frame rate? Uh, sometimes it looks was. like shit at times. Love the art style of it. Love the, there's, a, there's a bit in the middle of the game which, like, is that a bit where you're in the kind of castle? I'm not in the middle yet, no. Uh, I'm like chapter four, I think, five. And it's just like, what? Yeah. It's absolutely, it feels like they put that in as, uh, as padding. It's one of those that I keep, I can't really play it for more than 45 hours. I do maybe two chapters. More than 45 the, hours? 45 minutes, sorry, just Jesus hours. Jesus fucking Christ. Um, I, do, I do two chapters and they're like, Okay, I'll come back to this later. Not because it's intense or because it's scary, because it's not really. Mm. Um, but I don't know. There's something about it where I don't feel like I can play it for hours on end, like I could. Like, Is it because it, it's like pretty relentless? You you always it's kind of bleak. It's kind of oh right. Okay, it's the tone of it then. Not, well, I don't know if it is the tone. It's, it's a just... difficult. It's an exhausting game to yes, play. Yes, it is. Yeah, like, you know. You but can... I can't put my finger on why. Because it's... really, it's just a third person shooter with. A few bullets. Yeah, I think that the um, 
that every like, like a lot of Mikami games, almost everything works mm, uh, very well. Like when they're all the systems are are slotted together, and what that means is that you can't do one thing without constantly having to evaluate the five other things that are. So if you fire a shotgun round into one person, suddenly you've realised that you could have used that to fire it into three people. Mm. Uh, you've all, you've got to keep you know how many matches do you have uh, am i moving do i have enough health, health items and so all these elements come together because every encounter requires you to use your knowledge of them and you can potentially die in each one so i tell you what it feels now, like i'm knackered like, it, it feels like the last of us is like infected stealth bits but throughout the entire game mm. so where whereas in the last of us it paced it quite well whereas those bits sort of came along every hour and a half two hours and then they went away and you did other stuff it just feels like that is relentless in this that's that entire experience and i don't know there's a, there's a bit midway through that i people probably quit at this part but your your partner jonathan um he wears glasses and you have to do a boss fight where Jonathan has been knocked unconscious by this big kind of like dog-style beast. And it's quite a difficult one because you've got no ammo. Like, it's one of the strangest games in that regard. Like, I know, because in the, in the missions, you can just walk and you know, sneak past enemies. In the, in the boss fight, I do need, you know, bullets. So anyway, you kill this thing and you go to, you kind of get out of this like caged area. And then Jonathan in the cutscene goes, oh, um... I've left my glasses in the previous area. Can you come back and get them? And it's like, but it's not played with any irony whatsoever. He's like, okay. So you have to go back in there with the thing, get the glasses and run out. And I was like, I imagine if anyone gets killed at that point, they'd be like, dead. Yeah. Like, so it has... It, get your own bloody glasses. Yeah, it's like just... Look. I imagine he can't see very well. That would be difficult. Loads of games do stuff like that. Oh, it was um, Resi 6, I think it was. The end of... What's the shooter, man? Redfield. Mm. The end of his campaign is just this big boss fight. And I had absolutely no ammo whatsoever. I was like, how am I meant to actually kill it? I can't do it. And I don't know how I did it in the end. I think I just sort of hung back and let my co-op partner do it. But like, this is ludicrous. You put a section like that in the yeah, game. Yeah, but some, some boss fights, when, when your approach to the boss fight is entirely different to how you've been playing the rest of the game. I mean, it's the, it was a big problem for Deus Ex. It, it sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Not a fan of that. No, not a huge fan. There you go. All right. All right. Dave what have you been playing this week? Minutes. Dragon Age Origins. Oh, shit. Sorry. We have been through that. Yep. Uh, it's good. <sighs> Having an absolutely lovely time, man. Good. good. Very good. Right. Are you Shall allowed to we say move that? On in Dragon Age Origins. Are you allowed to be positive but not negative? Is that what you're saying? I can be as positive as I like about that game. It's one of the best Western RPGs I've ever played. The first one, Dave, not the new one. Oh, shit. I'm getting confused again. You're right, mate. Do you want... Let's just rewind the clock for okay. a few minutes. Shall we move on to some questions? Yes. Excellent. Okay. Uh, We've got one here from your man, Brett Claxton. Oh, yeah. Who asks... Oh, by the way, if you want to uh, send in questions to the podcast, you can do so on Twitter. We usually put a little tweet out before the podcast. And there's also an email address, podcast at videogamer.com, if that's what you like to do. Uh. Brett Claxton asks, what are you dressing up like for Halloween? Oh, you've been talking about this all week. All week you've been like, anyone going to any Halloween parties? I'm going to dress up as this guy. I haven't decided, actually. Oh, no, you went on about what you just as dressed as before. Yeah. Yeah. A and zombie Thunderbird. You see, I Excellent. think we're a different generation, me and you, Bratters. Yeah. When, when I was growing up, yeah. Halloween parties weren't really a thing. Were they? For you? Well, I went to um, fucking uni, didn't I? So there was a Halloween every party every year, weren't there? 
Like, cause students, I used to celebrate students are fucking St. Patrick's idiots. Day. Like, I, it really yeah. didn't matter. Well, it's, at university, it's, you, you, you actually literally need no excuse for going mm. on, the, on the piss. But when there is one, you're like, well... There we are. I'm going. I'm so excited about this. This is why I asked the question. This is why... Uh, probably get some stick for this. This will put the final nail in the coffin. Yeah. This I'm going to the Halloween party as a video game journalist. Because there's nothing more hideous in this world than the average attire of a video game journalist. Okay? They are all scum, okay? Wow. Every single one of them. Present company, not excluded. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, well, there's nothing technically wrong with, you know, the standard video game attire, but it's just that it is a uniform. So I'm going to go and get myself, a, a, like, a checked shirt... I'm gonna, you know, get some really tatty trainers or whatever, oh, maybe some Converse. Check. Yeah, there they Converse. are. There they are. There we are. Um, I'm gonna get like a promotional video game T-shirt underneath. Oh, yeah. Maybe yeah. I want to get a Sunset Overdrive one mocked up. That would be good. Right, yeah. Um, I've got like some fake glasses and thick rimmed. Uh, yeah. Be oh good. yeah. Like they, they look like Ray Bans essentially. So Excellent. you know, yeah, yeah. and um, I think it's gonna cause a lot of issue when I walk into the party and most people haven't dressed up, but I am dressed exactly like them and taking the piss out of them. So right. I anticipate it's either gonna be the best or worst uh, uh, Halloween party of the year. Yeah, I think, I think it's good. Excellent. Do you probably just be confused that you're not in a suit? I don't always wear it. I never wear a suit. What are you talking about? I always wear a suit. Yeah. You wear a blazer, which is almost a suit. No, it's not. No, it's not. No, it's not. You know, they, they fulfill different obligations. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, it's, like, it's an in-joke, because obviously I hate all game journalists, so I'm going to go as one, you know. To a video game journalist Halloween party. Uh-huh. Right. Do you, uh, do you actually own any video game T-shirts? Uh, yeah. I own one that was sent over by... Uniqlo or something it's a Metal Gear Solid one on the front it's actually quite tasteful it's uh, grey and it's got the little they always fucking ruin them with logos and stuff Peace Walker logo but no no, it doesn't say Metal Gear Solid or anything there on the back is the biggest gaudiest splash of Shinkawa artwork it looks like someone spilled ink all over it and somehow it's turned into a fucking masterpiece in the wash it's a disgrace Uh, I've got that I've got I actually do have a Metal Gear Solid 4 t-shirt and that is another one of the Uniqlo ones, but it's got a cool design on the front of it, and no one really knows that it's game related. Do you want to borrow my Guy Woodward T-shirt? Oh my! I need, <laughs> I need something really almost stereotypically video game. So I need a World of Warcraft T-shirt. I've got a World of Warcraft T-shirt. <laughs> you know, of course, of course you have. I really want a Sunset Overdrive T-shirt. Brewfest, given the uh, given the events. The thing is, the... I never wear them, and I think this has something to do with being on video. Uh, doing this job because I feel like if I wore a video game t-shirt it'd be, it would be me doing the Sunset Overdrive thing of like winking at the camera being like this is a reference do you, you like do you like video games? me too my, what my, a coincidence my all time hate like the video, for the, that promotional stuff is when people turn up to events wearing t-shirts or like promotional t-shirts and shit it's like when people who review fucking films don't turn up wearing <laughs> yeah. a Jaws t-shirt do they? but like I know about films here is a t-shirt <laughs> stating wearing how much I, uh, I know. I'm not saying that everyone has to wear a tuxedo all the time, but guys, you would all look exactly the same. I mean, the exception to that rule could be if you wore a t-shirt of like a rival video game to the one you're about to see. That, that could have I always wanted, when I worked for Imagine Publishing, who uh, have Games TM in their stable, to go to the Games Media Awards wearing an Edge t-shirt, but they... They headed that off the past by never sending me. <laughs> I can't remember which way round it was, but it was either Call, Call of Duty or Battlefield. And I interviewed the dev with a bag um, that had the other game's logo on it. It was an iron lanyard as well. 
the lanyard said I don't think it was the lanyard. I'm not sure. It, it was, was definitely a, like a sort of what are those sort of, like gym bags, like little kind of <laughs> was little it bags. Intentional you just no, it wasn't intentional. I mean, I wish it was. But he made but, the point of it, didn't he? Yeah, he was like, yeah, we'll uh, we'll get you one of those. With, uh... <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Oh, I was like, oh, where are you going, as Braz? Because you're coming to the same party as me, aren't you? Haven't decided yet. No, Braz. it's on Friday, isn't it? Yeah, it is on Friday. Jim, you coming? No. Why not? Um, I've got an empty at my house, so I'm gonna I'm gonna occupy it, and uh, probably gonna watch Alien. That sounds and, uh, fair enough. That fair sounds enough. awesome. Yeah. I'd rather go to Jim's than yours. Shit. Right. So to be honest with you, I'm 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 thirty now. And I can't be fucking bothered yeah. with anyone. Yeah, that's, so. I'm thinking that I'm just gonna, you know, that's 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 a good attitude. You just you you dial it down. I, on the other hand, got ten years left, so just <laughs> go and do a load of nonsense. Get to forty. I'm turning to my dad. Like my dad's one of these old guys who's just like you know, you go into his house and he's like he's sitting there with his fucking he's he's, he's eating a plate. He's old da. He's, <laughs> he's eating a plate of fucking paella or some shit that he got out of a fucking. I don't know. It's usually some like Sainsbury's fucking microwave meal. Peter Andre's gone to Iceland. <laughs> and he's watching Big Bang Theory and his shirt's half off. And, he, and you walk into his house and you're like, you could have cleaned the place up a bit, Dan. He's like, fuck off. It's my house. I'm 50. <laughs> and that's what I'm turning Fair into. Fair enough. Um, Fair enough. So, you know, I've, I've just reached this stage where I, I, I've stopped caring. <laughs> Great. So, Halloween. Yay. I feel like we've been quite down today. Somebody's going to come really to my up. house. What are you talking about? Right, somebody somebody really is going to come to my house wanting me to give them sweets, aren't they? But that, that's what that's, that's, that's what's the, the perilous thing. I don't, I've never done that in Korea. There's lots of families in my there. street and they're going to come to the house. And, well, I might Your do house is just get like a bin bag, anyway. fill it with fucking Poundland chocolate and just leave it at the door and just be like... Yeah, just but the fir- you know, the mm. first person that comes along will be like, yep, that's all, that's all mine. You've got... Yeah, well, that's first why. Come, then, first serve, first come, first served. That's fine. Well, you can have to explain that to the the disappointed children that follow. That's that. That I'll, sounds I'll like stick a terrible. A note out. <laughs> all it's all gone. <laughs> all right. Yeah, right. that's why. That's like, it. Fuck off. That's why I like living <laughs> living where I do is that no one like you don't really talk to your neighbours because no one gives. A, they're like whatever, mate. Let's just society's let's, changed. Let's just get on with. Uh, Back then, you'd hang your pants out. You'd have a natter with next door. These days, shove it in the tumble dryer. Hang your pants What are you talking about? I can think of nothing worse. When you wash your pants, you put them on the line, and then the neighbour next door is doing the same thing. And you have a natter. How are your pants? Did you watch the Lion King last night? (laughs) These days. You talk to each other about the washing and stuff. That's the lovely washing you've got out. (laughs) Oh, thanks very much. I've never done this. That's a conversation people have. I don't even wash my pants. I was going to say. This right. conversation people people used to people used to be out in the garden putting their washing up and they'd say to each other, "My, your clothes are very clean. Uh, Thank you very much." Yeah, but life was really shit. Did then. you watch Curry they, last you know, video night? games or telly or films or, or internet or, pornography yeah. or fucking PDFs of uh, comic books you had read in a while you don't want to pay for? They didn't have the Pirate Bay. Jesus. They just had nothing, uh, and no. it was probably a little bit better. But you know, at the same time. If the thing is, we don't have to think about that because we've got you those know, things. You know, when, you know people from an older generation say to you, you know, back in my day, we had to make our own fun. It's like, but that, that's, why it, that's why it was shit. You know what? That's tw- why it had to change. Talking of things that <laughs> Twitter, Twitter, <laughs> I realised recently, it's just like one big really MSN conversation that everyone is invited to. And you know that. Sometimes when, not invited, but just turn up anyway. Yeah, exactly. You really used to have like private conversations with your MSN friends. And it's like stuff that 
you know. Who's your top ten? And he'd put song lyrics, wouldn't you? Who's oh, your top ten? Do you not ever do that? The nineties were fucking garbage. I, I was as well, in I was they? in like high school garbage. when MSN Messenger was a thing. Who's your top ten was a, a, a fine. I don't know what top, fine start. What are you talking about? Who's your top ten? Who's your top ten favorite? You know, favorite what? Members of who are you interested in? What romantically? Who'd, who'd this fan, this is fan? Shagger's fucking lad past what coming to the forefront. Exactly. All through MSN. What yeah. you you had people on oh, MSN. Right. But why? Who's your top ten? But why was that dictated through MSN? Why wasn't it not just like? Because MSN was was very new then, and it was like the way that everyone used to talk to each other in the evenings after school. But surely you knew those people in real life. It wasn't who's your top ten on MSN. I bet everyone you said this to. No, I bet like, yeah. everyone you said this to was just like fuck off, bro. Oh, what? <laughs> it was just me. Who's oh, no. your top ten, eh? Oh, <laughs> oh do you want to know who who, who I want to touch with my penis? <laughs> Hey, what Chris, if it was fuck just off. me. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> yeah, everyone in Stoke was like, "You listen to this, boys? Chat's fucking chronic." That's why he had to move to Liverpool. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I think oh, though, God. Dave, you've got to remember that you grew up in, in a totally idyllic environment. No, I didn't. Whereas it's, I had dial-up internet. Whereas, you know, <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Whereas Braz had to use MSN because you just can't go out at night in Stoke no. because yeah, the, the temperature just drops so much. It's like you know, it's like Alien Three. It's like it'll be forty below out and bit. So we've got to leave these people to dial, get them in now. And you know, just imagine being on the streets of Stoke in of a night. Like, so talking of dial-up internet, the worst thing—you'd be dialing, and suddenly your mum would pick up the phone. You'd hear her talking, be coming through your little PC modem. Like, what is this? That's not the dial noise. That's my mum. <laughs> then she'd be like, "Are you on the internet?" Be blasting her ear, going. <laughs> Like, I didn't realise how privileged uh, a life I'd had until I moved to Croydon. Yeah. Because, you know, I've, I've lived in, in, like, some of Scotland's finest shitholes. Like, you know, um, West Lothian being one of them. Fucking, I mean, it's got pockets of, of shit and good bits or whatever, but, you know, generally it's a fucking horrible place to be. Mm. But um, I could walk around most places in West Lothian and not spot a dozen people who are basically and obviously looking at me deciding whether or not whether or not to rob me essentially mm. <laughs> that happens in you walk up the street in Croydon you will see at least half a dozen people who are uh, basically sizing everyone around them up yeah um, yeah Croydon's got to go Croydon's a fucking shite house yeah essentially I feel that uh, Croydon is, is really ripe for you know because I mean it's, uh, it's positioned as a satellite in terms of its uh, worth and mm. you know its infrastructure Fantastic. It's just got too many people in it. Essentially, I'm envisioning in about five years' time what happened in Croydon will be the main plot of Robocop 3. But they're like, actually, <laughs> should we just get all these people out? We just need this land now. Just like, sorry, this is ours. Do you mind if I just shoot you? All right, all right. And fuck your fucking kids as well. Get the fuck out. Blimey. <laughs> this is escalating. But I live in Croydon. Oh. You are one of the kids. Fuck. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly, Braz. I could ask some more questions, but they're all quite serious. And no, it feels come on, like, get come on, carry on, carry on. We're not finished. Come yet. on, I, th- I think we're having fun. We've been upbeat. You're just going to oh, have to hammer at this, this with editing. This one, this this is going to take the tone right down, and it means Burns is going to have to be super serious. Am I going to get I'll depressed be again? I'm a very I'm, come on then, Braz. Let's see. RJ asks, "It's a cliche, but what's the value of a review score?" Bonus question in today's Metacritic world. Um, it's a great argument generator. It does a fine job of that. Really does. Yeah. Nothing in the world of video games media separates people. It I gives really a very scores. easy. It's easy to get uh, snobby about scores, but at the same time, like again, we are it's a very we easy are fucking gamers ourselves. 
you know, when we read other people's reviews, we do read them, but then, you know, a lot of the time, we'll check the score. Mm. We, we do what you, you know, what people who don't work in the industry do. I mean, if I see another score from another site, I'm going to, force of habit or whatever, I read the review, I check the score. You check the score, like, down you go, because it gives you a very easy indicator, as you say, Dave, of, yeah. of where they are. And the, the disparity that people get, well, I think what really annoys people is that when it doesn't read like an X, you know, mm. but that is a result of the inelegance of ascribing a number of what, you know, one to 10 or you know, one to 100 or whatever against a thousand or so words of what you would hope is carefully argue deconstruction and, and criticism. So I think, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, wouldn't get rid of the scores because I use them as a barometer myself, you know, and especially when you see Metacritic, you can kind of see where people are. And I, you know, it's, it's good. You know, you can go from, let's say 10 through to six or five, you know, if there's that much score disparity and you can kind of see exactly where people and their opinions, because that's what they are, you know, kind of fall on the scale and whether if you, cause I, right. Okay. Let's take uh, film reviewers. I really like Peter Bradshaw's reviews for The Guardian. Of course, I read The Guardian. I hate games. And, um, but because a lot of the stuff that he writes you know, seems to tally with my view. So if I see Bradshaw, I know I don't need to wade through. I mean, I do want to. I want to get his opinion. But Bradshaw, three stars, pal. You know? I think and that's the difference we'll start seeing in the future. It will no longer be, oh, video gamers reviewed that game. It will be, oh... Steve Burns has reviewed that. Yeah, game. I'd like and to think we are there as well because, like, I, I think some people say it that way already, but I think do, the majority push doesn't. What each of us feel about games, like we, when we, well, we're do doing it with the second opinions, podcasts. aren't we? You know, we're doing, we're making the, the kind of steps and and that point. But video games, uh, I mean, actually, back in the kind of meme machines day, that was so personality focused that you know, if you, you if you knew Jazz Rignall loved you know whatever, and you went into a jazz review of you know of the genre was you knew what you were going to get like paul davies as well from cvg in the golden age paul davies like put tekken 3 on the cover about 17 times in a year and uh that's possible well carry on but he did it so what does that tell you (laughs) and uh so you knew when you were going into uh what davies was saying about something you knew what you were getting and i think that that we've kind of we moved away a little bit from that i mean obviously edge had edge has one voice games tm had one voice and but yeah, you just I think people are starting to realize that you know, we're not on top of a mountain shouting down, you know, we're just giving our opinion in what will be an evolving discussion like with this podcast being just one element of it and everything else. So mm-hmm. but the scores are important. They yeah. are. I, I, there's, there's scores are, are a handy indicator of a game's quality in the context of that site scoring policy and the way that individual has employed it. Like they do they do have value as, a, as an indicator um, but he mentioned Metacritic and wh- where where they lose value is in that kind of aggregator because you've got they're weighted right yeah you've got you've got you know, tw- you know 20 sites all with different scoring policies like a 6 from Video Gamer could well, basically means I mean it's not it's not shit right mm. but you know a 6 from another publication might be that nah, nah, sack it off you know um 
and sometimes where, where their like stated scoring policy might not be how they actually employ it and the, the scales are all different as well some people do five point scales some people yeah, do yeah five point scales I mean, difficult you know, to I mean how the fuck do you work Famitsu into this you know like um, so I don't think uh, you bother because there's no. just uh, too much <laughs> I won't say anything I'll say no more but yeah I mean it's just uh, it, it, some something that is just sensible as a handy quick glance indicator as to you know some, it, something that probably evolved from what fucking film do you want to see tonight let's have a quick look you know mm. without having to read a fucking massive article I think that's all it should be treated as and I that, think that is, the problem is it is when you've got like Metacritic um, the way it assigns weights to things the way that it, it interprets interprets uh, you know a 10 point score from a 5 point system in a lot of cases for example Metacritic just confuses everything I mean Metacritic is again han- handy as an indicator only for seeing generally how well something's reviewed but it doesn't give you any real context for any of the individual sort of scores that it lists it just sort of it's a good list um and there's, there's a whole kind of weird thing that you, you hear from um, <clears throat> from time to time of, of publishers working Metacritic scores into contracts so that there might be a bonus yeah, that, that's, that, given that's to absolutely horrendous. If they go over certain... There's so much point. of that as well. It depends on Metacritic's system, like, uh, as opposed to the, 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 the quality or, or the, the, the tone of reviews as well. So it's, uh, it, it's almost like stacking the deck against developers in a lot of ways. Especially but, if, you know... So say, I don't know how Polygon awaited, not a lot of people know the secret source element of it. Yeah. But Polygon, uh, its scoring has, for a lot of games, has been a lot lower than, um, than well, not the average, but, you know, gave The Last of Us 7.5. And uh, I think Bayonetta got a 6 or 6.5 or, you know, around about that sort of score. Yeah. So you've got to, you know, we, but there's no really accounting in the development cycle for... Who, you don't know who's going to review it. Is it Arthur Geese or is it you know yeah. Phil Collar or, or whoever? And so yeah, I think you're right with the stacking your deck. And it, it, the thing is, that's becoming more prevalent. People understand that more now. I mean, there was uh, in Bloomberg Business Week there was a whole thing about Destiny, yeah. uh, and they were coming at it from obviously like a, you know business standpoint. They're like, well, it's cost this much, and uh, you know, it's uh, it's done three hundred million or whatever, so it's pretty good. And it's like they'll probably be able to recoup the costs from Metacritic though, because that's not gone over X, so they probably save two point five million dollars. And when you boil it down to that, you're like, shit, it is important to a development cycle that that can be referenced in what is essentially a guidebook to what the fuck is going up and down yeah. in the markets. That yeah. you know, when Destiny is a thing, and when you're developing, like. Well, we hope that the scores are good. I was going to lose two point five million dollars. So yeah, the weighting is is so important in Metacritic, and I don't know, unfair is maybe a wrong word, but mm, interesting. Mm. Yeah. Here we are. See, I told you, bring the podcast down. How's God damn it, we're all the podcast down. Look at Dave's face; he's so Dave. upset. Ask, ask a question to Dave. I'm just that today, brothers. Ask a question to what? Dave. Let me, me have happy. a look at the questions. Okay. I'm controlling this fucking thing now. Just out of interest, Burns, did you review Black Flag? Yeah. What score did you give it again? Seven. So you had to give it a nine. There we go. There we go. Within the one site, massive two-point difference. I'd give Sunset more than a six. Yeah. There you go. I would have given it 
You're giving it uh, less. <clears throat> right, it's Dave. It's almost like the review is written by an individual, as we were talking about before. Yeah. How interesting. Who How keeps giving lower scores. Give Black Flag a <laughs> seven, you cunt. Anyway. Right, Dave, here's one for you. Go which on. Halo is the best Halo? Hashtag which, hashtag Halo, hashtag best, hashtag Halo from David Turners. Hashtag Halo, hashtag four. Halo three. Halo four, it's easily Halo, Halo, Halo four. Multiplayer is guys, can you guys, listen, can we... Can we quit it with the fucking opinions, please? Right? <laughs> can someone just can this. someone just you know, I've said this pick before one, and I said stick it, to it. Three four three was the best thing to happen to that franchise because it just got stale under Bungie. They just yeah, didn't know what to do with it. It's got a class it. system in the multiplayer, and that's I think Halo's Bungie the got to the anymore. point where they just didn't give a fuck anymore. Possibly, but the stories were always bollocks. Halo <laughs> 4's, I, I agree. I agree. Halo 4's story was good, <laughs> but people play Halo for the multiplayer a lot of the time as well. And yeah, got, but I want a good campaign as well. Well, you're wrong. Ha- the original yeah. Halo. That's why your opinion is wrong. The original Halo. Its campaign was brilliant. Halo 2 and Halo 3, I thought, were relatively weak. I Halo agree. 4, I thought, was had another good campaign. Halo 3 multiplayer is... And there's Halo Reach and ODST. They, they were okay. I mean, they were... I wouldn't have said they were amazing single-player. I, re- I really want to play the whole Halo saga because it's something I've completely missed out on. But at the same time, I don't because they look piss. Mm. So, well, I well, don't I don't much care for uh, Halo multiplayer. Yep. There we are. See. However, no, I do like it. I do like Halo multiplayer. However, Halo story. When people are going, the story's amazing. It's like I watched a friend of mine play through Halo Two. Don't you fucking dare tell me <laughs> that that. I think, I think the while thing, the music convinced me that the story was really good because <laughs> I was just like everything's so loud and impressive. I must be the coolest man in the universe. But really, it that's just that's wish, just the Bayhem effect. Um, I wish Mike's... Oh, sorry, go on. I'm oh, sorry, I was just talking about uh, uh, multiplayer versus single player. Like, Call of Duty's a franchise that people buy, basically play for the multiplayer, but I can't wait for the single player in Advanced Warfare, mm. just purely because of the words press X to save the Prime Minister. Kevin Spacey. Yeah, well, I can take or leave that cunt, but... Uh, <laughs> Press X to save. Well, uh, this is what I'm going to talk about. I, I wish Microsoft would get back to releasing Halos in September because releasing a Halo game a week after Call of Duty every year kind of feels like, well, I don't know what one to play now. Everyone kind of splits themselves into different games rather than devoting a decent amount of time to one and then the other. You should so, join a LARPing group. Well, why? By the time... <laughs> like the time. <laughs> this will be the last podcast that we do before Advanced Warfare. Uh, is out. It kind of crept up on me, actually. I was, it has. At the weekend, I was like, shit, is that in a week? I think it's because usually the... Uh, I may be wrong here, but the, the release date's usually between like the 11th and the kind of 17th, like mid-November or getting normally, to that point. normally the first week of November, whenever that falls. Uh, Maybe sure. it was... But the, the 3rd seems early. The 3rd does seem early, yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah, I'm looking forward to Advanced Warfare. Very, very much so. Good. And... Um, yeah, so but it'd be interesting to see how it does. How because you know a lot of people are saying that oh it's just dropped off. You know, it was seventy percent fewer uh, pre-orders or whatever. It was, I think. I'm not sure it is now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, Rough um, figures. Oh dear. So yeah, Call of Duty should be good. And here's a question for you, Dave. Go on. Right. Uh, can you recommend a good iOS game? This is from uh, John Pinder. Just got a shiny new phone and would like some decent games to play. Uh, I deleted all my iOS games over the weekend. Dave, Why? stop bringing because, it. I'm sorry, John. Because I ran out of space on my phone and I thought, you know what? I never fucking play these games. Oh, that's so, true. Uh, yeah, I've got... Think, oh, I used to really... You don't you? Yeah. What? Um, perfect iOS game. The, my my favourite iOS game of all time is Slide Triss, which is a, a, a sort of uh, a weird kind of puzzly take on Tetris. 
Nice. Uh, so he should check. Rayman, the Rayman games are good. Jungle Run. The original Plants vs. Zombies is excellent. Yeah. One of the best RS games you can play. Score classic goals. Fantastic. That was good. Into the Dead, was that the one? It was like an endless runner. Yeah, but with zombies. Yeah, that King, was quite good. King, oh, but endless of, golf, everyone likes that. King of Dragon, Desert Golf. King of Dragon, Desert Golf, that's the one. Yeah. King of Dragon Pass is Fuck is King excellent. of Dragon Pass. Is King of Dragon Pass on iOS? Yeah, I played it on my phone, and it actually plays fairly easily on Fuck it's me, that's getting iPad, whacked on the iPad. It's, like. it's really good, and yeah, what is probably better. Mirror's Edge is good. Oh, I've never. Oh, yeah, I remember the the swipey like side scrolly side scrolly. Yeah. Yeah. Camelot one. I've yeah, still, I've yeah, still yeah. never really been that. Also, oh, so, by... oh uh, talking about that, um, the Assassin's Creed Pirates. Oh yeah, you played the, that after we've been to COD, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. You antisocial bastard. And it's uh, yeah, that essentially takes the pirate stuff from AC4 and turns it into an iOS game, and it's really, really good. So there you go. How? Pick pick those ones up. Found some good games. Yeah. Yeah. Right, Braz, you take this bit of paperback. All right, cool. Fluffy bird. I think that probably does it for the Video Game UK podcast. Is there week. any more questions? Uh, we are gonna. I like engaging there. with the video gaming community. Who the what? <laughs> Who told you that was a good idea? <laughs> um, yeah, there is a podcast competition going on at the moment. This is the last week for that competition. Yes, we're asking you to come up with a marketing campaign for the Nintendo 3DS title. Power Rangers Super Megathorce, which is actually out now, right? I think that is released now. As, as we predicted, not a lot of people talked about it. Um, oh, very sad about So, this. I mean, bear that in mind. It, it hasn't done very... It has launched already, and it hasn't done particularly... How do you know? Um, it might be yeah, a, a cult hit. hasn't done a lot of traction on the, on the kind of on normal the gaming marketing landscape so we want you to come up with something that that will that will remedy that and if you do something funny or interesting and we pick it as the winner you get to win a video game up to the value of 50 pounds from shop2.net which is pretty good so what's that you could buy like call of duty or something hmm. you can I buy that you get power Rangers Super 50 pounds that's like that's like 10 copies of modern warfare 2 isn't it it's pretty good i don't know they, they retain you, their value pretty well don't do they, they? You can yeah only, you can only pick one game that's like two copies of modern warfare 2 as far as i'm aware those are the rules well, so, that's, so pick something uh, expensive that's yeah? about 50 copies of brink oh that's actually about 50 copies of brink you're absolutely right <laughs> or blur brink. blur blur was all right nah i like blur nah i like blur wrong Wrong. Split second was miles better. Yes, right. End of there. We're doing a really bad job of coming up with a video game stance on video games. I know. This is terrible. I know. It's ridiculous, isn't it? It's like herding cats video gamer, don't it? It certainly is. That'll do it for this week's podcast. Right, I'm off, Brett. See you later. And thank you to my co-host, Stephen Burns and David Scannell. I'll be happier next week. Yeah? Yeah, I promise. I'll I'll be better next week. I'm sorry to hear that you don't, mate. It's all right. It's just things happen in life that you can't control. And you just, you know, that makes me sad. Right. So, like, sitting in a room with you, like, it wasn't my choice so to you, be here. You tried to put so, a little bit of a jokey spin on it, that, but like, really, you, you were saying when exactly, like, When exactly you need to do a job, you can't really control that. Exactly. Unless, well, you know, you've got a really micromanaged diet and that's no fun. So, yeah. 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 I'm still on my diet, by the way. Yeah. It's not going too well. I might no, get my Are we still going? Are we, are we going? Are we? Should we go? Should we just disappear now? I've got to play Pez. Bye!